Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Hey, everybody. It's Wednesday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day 2024. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast, where we're still working through our feelings. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio and Laquan Jones. You're, you're, you're. Anything to talk about, guys? Anything, <laughs> any, anything happened recently? How was your weekend? Uh, I mean, here's the thing. For the most part, it was a good weekend. I very quietly uh kind of ducked out to las vegas for a day or so um nice i uh, i did not go to the game i came back early sunday morning uh i literally i, I caught a a 6 30 a.m flight out of vegas on sunday morning was back at my home by yeah 8 30 or so in the morning were you hung over on super bowl sunday uh no just really really tired uh, just really okay. exhausted, but I, 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 I kind of hung out, uh, my wife, she was out there. She came back early. She went to sleep for a couple of hours. Um, I just kind of was low key. I was with the kid, uh, didn't do much, just got ready for the day. My dad and my sister came over for the game. Um, and so like it was, the day was going really, really well up until about, uh, I don't know, 6 PM Pacific, 6 30 PM Pacific. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, we're, we're gonna we, we've already, we're gonna give the floor to you, Marcus. You you allowed me this opportunity when when the Chiefs victimized my Bills. So the floor is yours. So I'm not mad at what happened. I'm just hurt. I'm just disappointed. The fact that it just felt like a series of missed opportunities all day long. I mean, starting with the very first drive where they were moving down the field and carving up that defense. I mean, Christian McCaffrey was ripping off eight, nine yard runs. I mean, Brock Purdy was throwing darts. Uh, It looked for all the world that they were going to walk down and score a first drive touchdown. Then McCaffrey fumbles. Um, which which was bad and frustrating. But the defense stepped up, stood tall, forced a three and out. You're like, all right, things seem to be okay. 
Same thing, second drive. They're moving the ball. Looks like they're about to do some big things. Uh, You get, what, a false start on Trent Williams. Then you get a holding on Trent Williams. And suddenly you're looking at second in like 27 or something weird like that. Um, And it just sort of felt like they couldn't ever consistently get anything going. And the longer they went without putting touchdowns on the board, points at all, but touchdowns especially, as well as the defense play, you just knew they couldn't stand up to Mahomes in that offense all day long. Uh, this is before we even get to Dre Greenlaw, and I'm, I'm sick for the guy uh, suffering an Achilles injury in the Super Bowl. Uh, you'll see you know, when he's able to come back next season for the Niners. Um, and so it's just, I, I think I tweeted after the game. I mean, there were three big things that I think were the difference in the game. Um, you had the, the missed PAT by Jake Moody, which every single Niner fan was terrified of Jake Moody during that game, uh, leading up to that game, just you know, worried that he was going to have to make some big kicks. He misses or he has the extra point blocked. Um, the muffed punt uh, that Ray Ray McLeod couldn't fall on and the Chiefs pretty much immediately cashed that in for a touchdown. And the fact that the Niners forced two turnovers. They got the Pacheco fumble in the red zone. And they got the Mahomes interception, and both times they went three and out. I think if any one of those things is different, um, the Niners are having a parade today and not the Chiefs. Uh, and that's before you even get to the, the overtime decision, which, for the record, I was fine with the overtime deci- the decision to take the ball first in overtime. Your defense was gassed. Uh, it had been giving up chunk plays to Mahomes and Kelsey. So I don't know that you wanted to immediately put them back on the field. So that part I was fine with. What I would have decided to do, though, is I think at that point, if you're going to take the ball first, it becomes four down territory and you are playing for a touchdown because kicking a field goal the way Mahomes and the offense had started to get going, they were destined to score a touchdown. So if you're going to take the ball first and the idea being you wanted to wait until you know, that second go around where it was sudden death. Um, you got to score a touchdown. You just have to. So them settling for a field goal and putting it on the shoulders of the defense, just that's the part that felt like a bad move, not necessarily taking it first. So um, I have gone through kind of a range of emotions. Um, I pretty much as soon as, as uh, Miko Hardman scored the touchdown, I turned it off. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> wow. I don't blame you. I didn't. I didn't. I watched no post game stuff. I just turned it off, which is what I do. Like whenever my team loses in the playoffs or in a championship, I never watch the post. I, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see the other team dancing around. It's like good for them. I've yet to watch the Royals 2015 World Series celebration to this day. Yeah, I mean, good for them. Congratulations, you guys won. You, you earned. You've earned the right to celebrate. I don't have to watch it, so I turned it off. You're not Steph Diggs. You don't got to stand right. there and watch. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to get, uh, but here's the, so then I went through a period from Sunday night until, you know, midday on Monday where it just felt like I felt emotionally spent, right? It was like, do I have this in me to go through another long season and another postseason run if it's going to end in heartbreak? Right. And I told myself this Sunday night, like, I don't know if I have any more. Like, maybe I just divorced myself emotionally. I, I was like, when I first started the NFL, the Niners were bad. And I decided I'm going to de- divorce myself emotionally because I can't be at work mad all day. Like, it's just not going to work. Right. I can't be at work 
upset that they lost at like 10 a.m. and I got to spend the rest of the day there just just salty like that's not gonna work so I'm like do I do this again and then I was like no by the time we get to training camp I'm sure I'll be yep. over this um I'll be back in <laughs> but at the same time uh you know side note I have also uh prepared myself for my next scheduled heartbreak in October when the Dodgers inevitably let me down um so I just sort of bottled hey. that feeling and I remembered it and I'm like yeah Laquan you are a new Dodger fan like you just joined right like wait you're a Dodger fan he is now. I have to be now, man. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to be, but I, we're glad Ooh. to have you, right? So, like, you know, you you show up when Otani and, and Yamamoto show up. Yeah, like, you look guys at are you, spending right? big, man. Uh, this is great. <laughs> so you're new to this. You're you're new to the whole winning a hundred plus games. You know, from April to September, uh, and then flaming out to a division rival who finished 12 games behind you. Like you don't know this pain yet. So oh, yeah, I think yourself. I'll just hold off a little bit. <laughs> ben, Ben wagging is the worst. And I'm not calling you a band. You moved here. I'm not, but yeah, come on. Be, I'm not calling you, but I'm saying like, I had this conversation with someone last night. It's almost worse when your team is good because all it leads for is heartbreak. Like one team <laughs> wins a championship. Everyone else is going to be heartbroken. If you don't have expectations, you're like, all right, my team stinks. I expected that. But when 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 you're this close, it, yeah. it hurts and it yeah. sticks with you. It is. I mean, it is it is the emotional energy of going through a long season and getting that close and coming up empty. Um <laughs> I know the feeling, man. One of my one of my good friends, uh, who's also a Niner fan, he, we were texting, and and he said, uh, you know, he got upset. He got really upset, and he had to apologize to his kid because he, I guess, you know, may have said some unkind things to the television. Um, but after the game was over, his son says, "Well, Daddy." shouldn't you be happy that they at least got second place? And he's like, that was like a kick and then that's all over again. <laughs> second place. There's no second place. <laughs> so, yeah. I posted the other day that, that this podcast has been personally victimized by Patrick Mahomes. And if you think about it, what, what more teams besides the Bills and the 49ers have been bullied by, by Patrick Mahomes? Like, the 49ers, two Super Bowls in five yep. years. The Bills, three playoff eliminations in four years, including probably the most painful playoff elimination <laughs> you will ever see. Uh, I don't know what Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs beef with this podcast is, but <laughs> I, I told LaCroix, we be happy your team made it the Yeah, we, we snuck a little Super Bowl win right in between there, and we're good yeah. to go. You know what the the, Ram, the the Rams? You know what you guys are? You guys are the Houston Rockets. Oh right? my God! You were the Houston Rockets, and look, the Rockets were a really good team, right? Elijah Juan was amazing. They also got to the NBA Finals when Michael was off playing baseball. You know what I'm saying? Like, and Come it's like, on. no, look, you guys earned it. Congratulations, you won a Super Bowl. You also, you know, thanks to Joe Burrow. Uh, you didn't have to face the dragon slayer or the dragon, I guess. Uh, Joe Burrow's the dragon slayer. You guys didn't have to face the dragon. Lou, in the Lou Super Anoramo Bowl. is the dragon slayer. That's true. Um, thank God, though. I'm happy. My, my whole, I have one beef with everything going on right now. Okay. Um, the Mahomes discourse, and I know I'm going to sound like a hater, and I, I admit he's the best quarterback in the league. He is the best quarter, most talented quarterback my eyes have ever watched. Yep. But the Mahomes discourse is so annoying right now. Like, it, it overlooks the <laughs> fact that he is the best head coach in the NFL, who Andy Reid was talking about what we're going to do when the Super Bowl is in overtime in the preseason. Wow. Um, 
He has the best secondary in football, I would say. Chris Jones makes, like, the reason that Brock Purdy didn't hit Ayuk for a touchdown, the reason Josh Allen didn't hit Shakir for a touchdown, is because Chris Jones makes a play in the biggest moments. Travis Kelsey makes the plays in the biggest moment. Mahomes does as well, but it it's a whole, cl- their GM is a genius. Like, the Chiefs are the best-ran organization in football right now, and I know Mahomes makes uh, it a lot easier to operate in all of that, but the way that the coverage is going, you would think he went out there and beat the 49ers one on 53. And to take it a step <laughs> further, people are making me defend Tom Brady. My team is 33 and 34 lifetime against Tom Brady. <laughs> and I have to go online and defend this guy. Look, if you're Tom Brady, you played for 22 years. You won more rings than any team has ever won you rewrite the every record that that's out there you retire and everyone says you're the goat one year later they say you got surpassed like yeah that's crazy what, what are we doing here that's crazy Mahomes has a long way not right now look man he's got look he's got he's got three super bowl titles before the age of 30 it's amazing i guess yes. my my take on this is let's let this thing play out i i think part of the problem I think with sports conversations and especially on social media is that every game, every season is a referendum on somebody's career or like it's, I mean, look, look at, look at Brock Purdy on the other side, right? Like he was either great or terrible. Either people thought he was the MVP or thought he was trash. And that's why you got picked last every single game, sometimes from play to play. That's how people sort of sort of evaluated him. Right. And so now we're at a point where everything that happens with Patrick Mahomes, every win is is he the greatest of all time? Look, if if for whatever reason, I'm not predicting this, let's say the Chiefs somehow flame out in the first round of the playoffs next year. Right. Then it's going to be, well, he's not as good as Tom Brady. Tom Brady would have won that game. Right. It's let's just let's just appreciate who he is right now yes let's just watch this greatness let's see how far it goes and then look another five seven ten years from now whenever he's done playing whatever then we can have that conversation um that's our appropriate time but i know that doesn't move twitter timelines this (laughs) is the greatest six-year run in nfl history i'm not i'm not gonna dispute that like, like to start a career, all of that. But to say like he's on a trajectory to surpass, sure, you could say it. But why would we assume that the next six years of his career are going to be just as good as the greatest six year run in NFL history? Like it's flawed logic. And eventually Reed's going to retire and, and Kelsey's going to retire and they're going to have to to rebuild this thing a little bit. And look, he's amazing. I, I have no problem saying he's the second best ever as of now, but like. I mean, Tom Brady is, he's like the Babe Ruth of, of NFL. Like you look at his records and you're like, oh yeah, that'll never be broken. And his first year out of the league, people are already saying he's no longer the best. It's just crazy to me. Um, It's Tiger Woods, right? Remember Tiger Woods burst on the scene and immediately it was, he's going to break all of Jack Nicklaus's records. He's going to destroy golf. He's going to rewrite the record book. And from the beginning of his career, it looked like that. Um, then things happened. There were dalliances with 
you know, waitresses and hostesses at family restaurants and all sorts of other things that sort of derail Tiger's career. And look, when it's all said and done, Tiger Woods is still going to have an amazing career. He's still going to be one of the greatest that ever picked up a golf club. But it was a long way to Jack. And and, you know, things happened. And so who knows what who knows what happens with Mahomes? But I just think we just sit. We should just sit and appreciate it, yeah. uh, you know, marvel at it, even if he's you know carving up your own team. There could be multiple goats, though. Like, I don't know why people don't go and lean into that conversation. There could be multiple goats. Mm-hmm. Like, because, again, that be doesn't have Twitter timelines. Oh, God. Twitter well, timelines. Messi and Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, Messi and Ronaldo still playing. They're both goats in my book. I mean, OK, go, go to go to soccer Twitter and say that. Right? <laughs> no, 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 no. I already. Been I mean, there. just you know, all you got to do is say Jordan or LeBron, and then you could close Twitter and see. There you go. That's another. I one. mean, you might want to just you know mute conversation. That's all. <laughs> Tweet right? because the conversation doesn't move if you're like both of these guys are equally good, and I appreciate both of their careers. Like that just doesn't work, right? It just doesn't. It doesn't draw engagement. It doesn't. Mahomes Brady is going to be the the NFL's version of Jordan versus LeBron. Yeah, and. I kind of view it similar. Like LeBron is the, in my opinion, most talented basketball player I've ever seen. Jordan is the goat. And that's kind of how I view Mahomes and Brady right now. I mean, for a while, that same thing was uh, Montana and Brady for a long time. Yeah, um, and the game's different too from back the into what it is now. Then. So you have to play that um, into the factor yeah. as well. The one thing I would say is that Joe Montana never threw us an inter- interception in the Super Bowl. So na 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 na. All right, uh, this <laughs> this went on longer than I anticipated it being, but I would say that it was cathartic because this is the first time I've really talked about it out loud. Like I really have spent since Sunday night, kind of sitting with my feelings and kind of going over it. In the um, dark. <laughs> I mean, kind of just like sitting here in my garage in the dark, like sipping cold <laughs> coffee and stuff like that. It's been a sad sight, man. I've never seen my team in the Super Bowl, so I can't. It's not an apples to apples. But to me, the worst part of when the Bills lose each year is the next week being like, oh, all the joy that I'm set. Like, I should be so excited right now. And that's kind of (laughs) taken from me. At least for you, they played to the absolute final second that they could have played. Literally zeros on the clock in overtime. Yeah, literally it was. I also say that I'm glad that we're doing this pod from home. And not in the office because uh, <laughs> the worst part is that NFL Network is going to replay this game pretty much all week. They're going to show over the parade live. So when you I, look, there are a lot of great things about working for NFL media. Uh, one of the worst is when your team loses in deep in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl and you got to come to work and it's on all the TVs Mar- everywhere. You go. <laughs> Every TV Mark in the building. Gonna, <laughs> Every TV. Mark, Mark is going to tell. There was even more TVs in the Culver office. And I had to go there for 10 hours the day after the Bills <laughs> lost to the Chiefs and just sit there with that. That game was on every channel all over. And I was just the, like, I, I'm I was miserable. Like, the difference, though, is the Culver office, we all had like individual TVs on our desks. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure that I think I think I might have had mine on MLB Network all day. Like, I, <laughs> I, think, I, I think I had it on any channel but NFL Network that day because I just couldn't deal with it. Uh, all right. Uh, we did plan to talk about other things than just me lamenting about my team's poor uh ending in the super bowl it is it is 
back to draft season again, at least mock draft season. I know we are slowly slogging our way through our mock draft, um, but we want to do some early ADP checks because, you know, people are doing drafts right now. We do have some ADPs forming. So I wanted to talk about uh, you know where we think some of these guys go. Is it too high, too low? Uh, what have you? This will be the first of, I'm sure, many between now and the time we get to August. Uh, but also want to start with a couple of quick news headlines. Uh, the first one being... The New Orleans Saints uh, have reached out. They are going to hire San Francisco 49ers passing game coordinator Clint Kubiak to be their new offensive coordinator. So the coordinator carousel has been spinning fast and furious since the season ended. So call Clint Kubiak uh, the new OC there in New Orleans. But Florio, look, we love Chris Olave. Rashid Shahid uh, looks like he's blossoming into a really nice fantasy piece. Uh, Alvin Kamara, not the same guy he was, but still occasionally has some juice. Does any of this matter, though, without a change at quarterback? Uh, I, we only have one year of Kubiak as an OC as well. And, and he was a little bit more pass happy than run ha- heavy. But yeah, I, I don't think a whole lot changes because we know who the quarterback is like. Chris Olave, I think, will kind of be what Chris Olave was last year. He'll have some big games. He'll have some down games. And there'll be a lot of us thinking, like, well, what if they turn the reins over to Jameis Winston or something like that? Like, that could get the most out of uh, the receivers there. So, the Saints... I'm still viewing like I viewed last year. Uh, I I like their skill position players a lot. I just I've never been a Derek Carr guy, and I don't think he gets the most out of his players <laughs> for fantasy I don't think purposes. the city of New Orleans is a Derek Carr guy anymore. Either. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I definitely agree with Florio though, man. I kind of feel the same way about the Saints. You know, even with this addition, I mean, it's good they're grabbing you know from the Shanahan tree like some existence, but you know his time with the Vikings in 19 to 21, you know, with Kirk Cousins. He kind of elevated his game somewhat, but, you know, Justin Jefferson definitely helped with that. So I think, you know, Carr needs to keep the momentum that he had the last four games. He had 12 touchdowns, one interception. So if that momentum continues on next season with Clint, then, you know, we might be seeing something, you know, working out. But they need to add to that offense. I mean, honestly, Chris Olave can't do it by itself. And I think Michael Thomas has ran his course. And he's a big playmaker, but he's more like a flash in a pan. Like he's not your all around, you know, wide receiver. So they got to get some additions in there, man. It's free agency and drafts coming on. They got the 14th pick in the first round. So they got some options. They do have some options. Although like they're, you know, I don't know at 14, they're going to get a game changing, you know, franchise type quarterback. And I don't know that they're going to go out and spend, uh, in free agency to bring a guy in. So it does sort of feel like it's the Derek Carr show there, at least for the foreseeable future in this offense. So it is about how much can Clint Kubiak sort of remake this thing as a fantasy quarterback. Derek Carr is who he is. I'm not expecting some big, you know, progression, some big leap uh, that's going to happen just because there's a new offensive coordinator there. My only request, just throw it to Chris Olave. Throw it to Chris Olave as much as you can. Throw it to him, you know, one out of at least once a series, right? Once every set of four downs, Chris Olave should get a target. That's that's all I can ask for. Maybe we can throw one in for Rashid Shahid every so often. Um, I don't know. I, I I guess my my expectations for the Saints aren't much different than they were before the announcement of Clint Kubiak as the offensive coordinator. I would like to see Jameis just because it's fun. I mean, you're not you're not going to you're not going to win anymore with Jameis. Like <laughs> Jameis is going to suddenly like rise up and take you well, to the division title, tape, man. <laughs> but 
I like fun and Jameis is fun. So uh, other news, we are still yeah, about a month away from the start of free agency, but the Bengals reportedly are expected to franchise tag T Higgins. Uh, LQ, what, what for you does this mean for guys like Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase uh, with T Higgins coming back? I mean, that's great for them. I mean, they have a solid thing going on over there. He plays a solid role as the wide receiver, too. So I think this is great for Joe Burrow, you know, for fantasy. Obviously, he comes back healthy and he can get it together and Jamar Chase. But I think T. Higgins needs to stick with, you know, what's working right now. I hate for him to, you know, leave and pull a juju where we think he's a one on another team and he ends (laughs) up not being a one, you know, like the grass isn't always greener. So I think for all parties involved, I think this is the right move to franchise tag him because the season he just had battled injury all season. So it's not like something he wanted to put on tape to get the big, big contract that, you know, I think he deserves. Um, I mean, to your point, uh, Antonio Brown tried to warn us about Juju. He did. He did. <laughs> I, look, but, he, he says a lot of things. AB but, says a lot of things, but that doesn't mean he's always he wrong. He was right. Yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> you say enough things, uh, something's going to be right. And he was right. Yeah. I I think T Higgins could still I, like I'm a big believer in T Higgins. I I really did want to see him go elsewhere to see if he can be that true number one wide receiver, and, and I think he can be. I think this is good for Joe Burrow because we've never seen Joe Burrow without two elite weapons. So to have those two elite weapons, it's what I always say: the the more continuity you get year to year, the less unknown there is, the less risk. So the Bengals are. Who the we thought the Bengals were last year, who they were the year before, as long as this core stays together. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. If T. Higgins stays in Cincinnati, we at least know what we're getting um, versus T. Higgins going somewhere else. And maybe he is the number one. And or as Laquan said, maybe he's not or maybe he's just not <laughs> the guy that we thought he could be. But in Cincinnati, we know how things go. Uh, we know how this offense operates as long as everybody's healthy. So. We love consistency. We love predictability. Um, T. Higgins in Cincinnati offers some consistency and some predictability. Uh, All right. We're going to take a quick break, dive into some of these ADP checks. We'll get through some quarterbacks, running backs, and the whole host of things. Uh, Stick around with us here on the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. 
See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. So there are plenty of degenerates out there that are doing fantasy drafts. I say that lovingly because, look, man, I'm in mock drafts. I'm sure at some point very soon I will probably start doing some uh, some drafts on a certain uh, canine-themed website. I don't know. Can we just underdog? Underdog. That's where these things are happening. That's where these ADPs are from. I don't know if we can say it out loud. If the if the black helicopters come get me, um, well, <laughs> then I guess I just wasn't meant to do great things. Uh, anyway, we're going to talk some quarterbacks and running backs real quick when it comes to their ADPs. Uh, these are some that I thought uh, maybe either a little questionable or ones that I wasn't sure about and wanted to kind of get your opinions on. The first one being Anthony Richardson. Right now, he is the QB6. Chances are you saw a video of him sort of soft tossing, taking a warm up throw. Uh, A lot of people in football Twitter got really excited about that. Uh, But he's the QB six. He is one spot ahead of Joe Burrow. I mean, Florio, are you down with that? So I love Anthony Richardson. I I wouldn't mind taking him at this price, but I uh, this is where we kind of need to rein ourselves in a little bit. The people who are drafting right now under best ball drafts in February before I I've done one, um, <laughs> dude, we're, we're lunatics and we're crazy. And, and especially in this format, rushing upside and, and that's what people target is the upside. So I understand that rich, I do think Richardson, if things break right because of how good of a runner he is, he can be better in fantasy than Joe Burrow, but come August, when when all the normal people start drafting and redraft starts getting drafted, Joe Burrow is going to go ahead of Richardson because I think he's a little bit safer. He's more proven. Um, that being said, yeah, I'm pumped for Anthony Richardson. I love that he's already throwing ahead of schedule, that he gets this full offseason to work with Shane Sykin and, and the Colts. And I keep saying I'm more excited about him this year than... I was last year because small sample size, but we he's proven he can run at the NFL level. Shane Steichen has proven to be a great uh, play caller, not just getting the most out of Gardner Minshew this year, but seeing what happened to the Eagles offense without him. Uh, and then you add in that I think Drake May is the only high-end quarterback in this year's draft class younger than him. And he, oh, oh, J.J. McCarthy is too, but they're only a couple months younger than Anthony Richardson. So youth is still very much on his side. Um I'm I'm bullish for Anthony Richardson. Uh, I don't know how because you, you weren't you weren't with us on this show when you know this time last year. I, I don't know exactly where you fall in the Anthony Richardson conversation. LQ. I am a fan of him. I just think you know it's one of those things like how Florio was saying. It's a little too early for these little drafts going on, but I think QB six. You know I could see why it's there. That rushing upside. He's going to be a red zone nightmare. I mean, just in those four games that he played, man, you just see how electric he is on the ground and through the air. So he has a best of you know the both 
both worlds and he's just an all-around scorer you know and he kind of flashed you know some deep balls you know he had three completions of 20 plus air yards in those games he completed half of them so hopefully we could see a lot more than that to kind of extend his game to make him more of a fantasy darling to actually be you know QB6 but I'm a I'm a huge fan of him and hope that you know he gets his uh recovery back and no setbacks this is I think really about the rushing upside right I mean we didn't get a large sample size from him last year. So while we are optimistic about what he can be as a passer, we're still not a hundred percent sure. No. Um, and I was thinking about this because in the course of a game, right? 80 rushing yards works out to being about 200 passing yards. And so, I mean, it's the reason that Justin Fields was such a very good fantasy quarterback. And and we've talked about this, Florio, on the show about how if you are not going to run a lot, and let's face it, uh, Anthony Richardson is going to run a lot more than Joe Burrow. Um, if you are not going to run a lot, you have to be great and efficient as a passer. You have to have those Aaron Rodgers, you know, 35 touchdown, five interception type seasons. Whereas if you're going to run, there's a little more leeway there. I'm still not ready to pull the trigger on Richardson ahead of Joe Burrow. And especially if T Higgins comes back to Cincinnati, which is what that looks like. I think a healthy Burrow, uh, you know, he's got two really good wide receivers in Jamar Chase and T Higgins. Uh, we saw Joe Mixon really uh, contribute to the passing game a lot this past year. And while no one is going to confuse Joe Burrow for Josh Allen, um, He'll get out of the pocket. He'll run just enough when he's healthy. I mean, this past year was sort of a wash. I mean, he had the calf injury and, and just couldn't really get right. But the year before, 257 rushing yards, five rushing touchdowns. That's not a bad addition to also throwing for about 4,400 yards. So uh, I, I think, you know, sometimes in our haste and our excitement, we sort of forget what some of these other guys can do or who they are. I'm still about the Joe Burrow life ahead of Richardson. And it, it's not crazy. Like if, if you take Richardson ahead of Burrow, I'm not going to, you know, call you names and, and poke <laughs> point and laugh. Uh, idiot. It's yeah, right. It's, it's just not for me. That's yeah. all. That's it. Um, Justin Fields at QB 10. And look, when I saw that, I thought that was really wicked low. And I'm just wondering if this is the uncertainty of not knowing where he's going to be next year. Yeah, I think 100% that's what that is. It's just the unknown of what the Bears are going to do on draft day. I mean, if Justin Fields gets shipped somewhere where, you know, he's not going to be very good, I mean, obviously you're just going to fade him. But I think the uncertainty is why he's at QB 10 right now, because clearly everything we said about Richardson, he has the rushing upside. And hopefully, you know, the Bears make the right decision in keeping him. That's where I stand on it. I feel like he could be you know, the franchise quarterback for the Bears if they actually take the proper steps into building around them. You know what I mean? So QB 10 is like solid right now. It's still early. It may change. It may go up and down. But he's one of those quarterbacks, you know, if, you know, everybody's going to pass on him, me just being me, I'm going to take him because he has the rushing upside. If he, let's just say, Florio, he goes to the Raiders. Luke Getze is there. He is the offensive coordinator. They would kind of have a bit of a reunion um, does that put him back up, say, a top six quarterback if he goes uh, to, to Las Vegas? Uh, I think it puts him in that range. Uh, it, I think QB 10, even not knowing where he's going to play, is way too low for Justin Fields because he's wherever he gets traded, his legs are also 
going to come with him. So he's still going to be able to run. He's still going to be able to put up close to a thousand yards as a runner. Um, he th- think back to two years ago. He was a top five fantasy quarterback throwing to the bad St. Brown brother and Darnell <laughs> Mooney. And he didn't have DJ Moore and, and those guys then. And he didn't have so, anybody. <laughs> yeah, he, he got the job done in probably what was a league worst offensive environment. He could go to the Raiders. He could go to the Falcons. He can go anywhere. And I still think he's a top 10 fantasy quarterback because of what he does with his legs. So uh, in in our mock that we're doing right now, I ended up drafting Justin Fields as my quarterback. And if I was doing these early drafts, I I think QB 10 is a buying opportunity because I think almost anywhere he ends up, we'll end up seeing him go higher than, than QB 10. I mean, look, if, if we're talking about drafting Anthony Richardson ahead of Joe Burrow, because of the rushing upside, like why would why would Justin Fields be so low? I think that's the hard part for me. He has less weapons, I think, than Anthony Richardson. I mean, Pittman is a free agent, but you got JT there. You know, you have promising and downs. I mean, the tight ends are stepping up in the Colts offense. So it's more so what's built around him and why I think Anthony Richardson goes higher. Justin Fields, we're just looking at DJ Moore and somewhat. Cole Komet, every other week he shows up or whatever. So there's no actual building pieces around him. So I, I completely understand it. All right. I mean, I guess that's, that's fair. I mean, if they keep fields in Chicago, then we're probably seeing neighbors or Harrison or someone else end up there with him. Can you imagine that, though? Like, that would be them taking the actual building steps to build around fields. If you get a Marvin <laughs> Harris Jr. and you have DJ Moore it's like you have the picks and then you have whatever you trade, you know, swap with the commanders. That's obviously the dream scenario that I'm thinking. But I just feel as though, you know, they need to take the proper steps to build around Justin Fields. Building around your quarterback. That's that's a wild idea. Yeah. Who could imagine? <laughs> Who could imagine? Um, the other one that jumped off the page to me, Caleb Williams, um, the guy who was the presumptive number one overall pick this uh, this draft season. Uh, he's a QB 16 right now. That maybe wasn't quite so surprising. I mean, everybody has been raving about his his talent for a couple of years now, uh, waiting for him to get to the NFL. What was surprising to me, he's one spot ahead of Jared Goff. Uh, and, and I mean, Goff was what a top seven. He was QB seven this year. Uh, he was he was QB 10 last year. I don't expect any major changes in Detroit. I mean, you're still going to have Amon Ra. You're still going to have Sam Laporta. You're going to have Jameer Gibbs. Uh, you're going to have so many weapons there. Uh, Laquan, make it make sense. Why? Why <laughs> is, and I love Caleb, but why is he one spot ahead of golf? I don't know that. I think that's incorrect there. I think that's more so just the hype of his name and everything he's done in college, but me personally, if he's a bear, I'm not interested. I I, I don't agree with that Ooh. above Jared Goff. I mean, that's going to be an issue for me because how many times we're going to see this story play out in Chicago? I mean, they can't get it right at quarterback. They can't develop a quarterback. I mean, they have Shane Waldron there now, which, you know, he has that kind of magic touch. He kind of had Jared Goff play his best season career high to this day, 2018, with Jared Goff under Shane Waldron as a QB passing coordinator and stuff. So I feel like they have somewhat the right steps into position to develop a quarterback. But Caleb doesn't need development. He needs a plug and play with Cliff. That's just my dream scenario there. But I can see why people are like, oh, Caleb Williams above Jared Goff. No, I'm going to take the safe bet here with Jared Goff over Caleb Williams if Caleb Williams ends up the bear. 
I mean, this feels it's, like a dynasty sort of thing, right, Florio? That, that, it just feels like the dynasty folks are in early. And so, like, you know, look, Caleb has a longer runway than Jared Goff is. That's all I can really think of here. But in what city? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> that's the huge problem. It, it's the shiny new toy thing. People always want to be first on a player in fantasy and stuff. And, and Jared Goff is who we like. Jared Goff isn't going to be a top five fantasy quarterback or anything like that. Like he's a low end QB one, I would say. And, and people tend to kind of be like, oh, well, this guy's a boring veteran. I want to go with the shiny new toy. This might come off as a hot take and I am can change this opinion. I'm here for it. Um, you might not love this one. I, um, I think rookie year for fantasy purposes uh, Jaden Daniels is the rookie quarterback you want to take because he's going to be the one putting up numbers with his legs, not Caleb Williams. I, I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's a fair take. Um, the thing about Jaden Daniels I would be concerned about is, again, landing spot for yeah. him, right? Because yeah. a lot of the early mocks have him going to New England, and <laughs> that's a rough spot. It's <laughs> yeah. not a good spot it's to rough. go. <laughs> it's rough, man. Uh, I mean, right, because, I mean, you, you've got a whole change in coaching staff. I, I don't know how much of a change in philosophy necessarily you're going to have with Gerard Mayo there as the head coach, but it definitely a, a, an entire change in coaching staff and one of the worst wide receiver rooms in the NFL. Um, so he is going to have to run a lot. Now, the other thing about Jaden Daniels that, that worries me, um, I don't know how many Jaden Daniels highlight reels you've seen. That dude takes some wicked hits, just wicked hits. Um, I, it, yeah. it scared me in college. It's going to scare me a lot more in the NFL. <laughs> He's getting <laughs> uh, like it's like I, you know, I would see so many of his highlights or so many plays from him in in college at LSU. In so many of the tweets, like the reply would be. Sonic getting all the rings knocked out of him. Like that's what, <laughs> that's what that's what it looked like a lot of times when he was getting hit. Um, that's a rough way to go. That's all I'm saying. Uh, all right, let's get over to, to some running backs. I got a couple of running backs here real quick before we take a quick break. Um, Kyron Williams, the RB five, one spot ahead of Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I'm going to go to you, Florian, on this one because uh, we we know what um, you know. The ram, the, the guy in the Ramley is going to say about Kyron Williams at five. Uh, I love what he did this year. It was amazing to watch. He made Cam Akers expendable. I worry that Sean McVay and Les Snead are going to add some running back help, and he's not going to get the volume of touches that he did this year. That's why I don't know that I could take him ahead of Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I think it makes sense. Uh, I, I think Kyron Williams is one of the... Uh, players that has the most to potentially lose um, this offseason because if they don't bring anyone in or anyone significant in, he's a top five fantasy running back. But if they do, then there there's concerns there. I When I did early rankings, I had Kyron ahead of Jonathan Taylor because of his pass game usage and the fact that I think he's on a little bit of a better offense and Sean McVay loves force-feeding his RB1, as Laquan will tell you. But <laughs> the more I think about it, the more I'm like, Taylor might not have the pass catching uh, numbers that Williams puts up, but man, him and Anthony Richardson running the option. It's why I was so bullish on, on each of them last season. And it's going to suck me in. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I like Kyron Williams. I'm just worried about it. I mean, I don't know. You're the Ram fan here. Do you believe they're going to go and add somebody this off season at running Absolutely, back? Absolutely. As the Rams fan, they draft a running back every year. Like that's just what they do. They kind of want to play it safe. 
Will it be like a round five? Just and listen, I know they've had a lot of success in round five, but is it like a day three pick? Because that's a little different than a than a significant investment. It'll be like a day two ish three pick, but they're adding a running back. I mean, they saw you know the production just go down, down, down once he got hurt, and like he's building up a nasty little injury history. You know, if we're really looking at it in the first two seasons, so. Knowing McVay, he's going to stay ready, so he doesn't have to get ready. So they're definitely going to bring a guy. It may not be a veteran. I don't want them to bring in a veteran, honestly. He'd just be in the way. I just feel like they're they're going to draft somebody young that can really step up as the number two, or they'll just call Darrell Henderson back. And I'm I was okay going to say that. he's out there. <laughs> he's you know, happy birthday to him. <laughs> happy belated. Uh, but I I just feel like they're going to add a guy. So surprisingly, not <clears throat> I would take JT over Kyron to be honest Ooh. because. I'm really excited for the Anthony Richardson JT combination because right. we didn't really get to see it at all last season. I mean, once Anthony Richardson got hurt, that's kind of when JT came back. So it's like, I'm really excited for that. That That's going to be something to watch. So I'm going to take JT being that Anthony Richardson is going to be moving the chains. So you're going to have a lot of scoring opportunities. Not saying the Rams are not, but I just feel like JT, he could take it to the house at any point of the field. I, I think offensively i think these two offenses in terms of their production will look fairly similar right yeah. like i don't i don't know that one is significantly ahead of the other in terms of its ability to move the ball and in terms of its ability to score points um so it really is for me just a matter of watching and waiting to see what the rams do in their backfield i don't know that williams gets much higher than rb5 um no. but if they add somebody else and depending on you know who that person is, how much juice that happy person has left, uh, he could fall quite a bit. Yeah. He can uh, fall because I've actually seen Brees Hall in conversation too there in the mix of that little Kyron Williams and JT situation there in mock draft. So wait, that low really? Because I I keep Brees seeing Brees Hall as like the RB two. Yeah, yeah, man. that's what Brees, I think Brees Hall is like at like four or five in mock drafts where that I've been in recently. So it's like I can see Brees Hall jumping overall like JT and Kyron. Yeah, no, I mean, right now, I'm a lot of what I'm seeing is CMC one and, and Brees Hall two. Uh, and then, you know, the rest of everybody else can fight it out. Behind the two of them for real. Uh, the other running back I want to talk about is Raheem Mostert. He is the RB 27. And look, I get, I get that, you know, we're all agreed that he is not going to duplicate what he did this past season, right? 21 touchdowns for Raheem Mostert. Um, that that feels, if not impossible, highly improbable, right? I mean, we're talking about a guy who had a career total of 19 rushing touchdowns, 19 total touchdowns, I should say, uh, before this season. So in one year, he more than doubled his career touchdown total. Insane. That's not going to happen again. Not going to happen again. Um, but he's also going 20 spots behind Devon Achan. I don't know, man. Uh, Florio, I just feel like these guys should be maybe a little closer. I get taking Achan ahead of Mostert, but 20 spots difference uh, when they're both going to have to occupy space in the backfield. That feels like a large, large gap. It is, but I, I kind of understand it because one there's concern about Mostert just falling off because he's going to be 32 years old, coming off of a career high in touches after he had already been coming off of a career high in touches. But to me, it's not even about Mostert. It's just about how excited I am to see Devon Achan in a larger role. And uh, the concern with him coming in was like, does he have the size to to withstand a, a full workload? And and I, I know it's different doing it for a couple of games and for 17 games. And 
We saw that happen with Alexander Madison. Great in spots, not great when he's the guy for a full season. Mm-hmm. So maybe the, the concern and the wear and tear for HN is there, but... In the limited sample size we have, he got better in games where he got fed the ball. And he is so explosive. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, Like, I I think HN, not saying he's going to get 20 touchdowns, but I think he has the upside to be a league winner, kind of how Raheem Mostert did this past year. And I think that's why people are are pulling him up the board. It's not, I I wouldn't, I think it's more about the excitement for HN than it is of being like, I want nothing to do with Mostert. I, I just think people see that he set the record for yards per carry and just how explosive he is. And you're like, okay, now you put that with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Mike McDaniel for a full season, and he could be the RB1. Is it weird, though, that that yards per carry thing is a little bit of a red flag? Maybe it's like a, a, a pink flag, a light red flag or something <laughs> like that. Just because um, 7.8 yards per carry, right? That's, That's an insane number. Uh, and does he, you know, you mentioned Alexander Madison. Does he give us a little bit of Tony Pollard if suddenly he gets a bigger workload, right? Where he's not ripping off these 40, 50, 60 yard plays anymore. And suddenly that 7.8 yards becomes a lot more human looking like, you know, 3.7, 3.8, you know, and when you figure Mostert's not completely going away in that backfield. And maybe they even, you know, sprinkle in another a third person somewhere along the line. Like, I don't know if it's Jeff Wilson or, you know, they just find somebody else. Savan Ahmed hangs around there or something like that just to to take a couple of uh, touches. Um, I just worry that we are getting way hyped and I think he's good. I just, you know, I, I feel like there should be a smaller game. Look. Last year, I was a guy who was like, let's take Raheem Mostert because he's going to be the best value. I didn't, again, I didn't think 21 touchdowns was coming from him, but uh, it just seemed like the best value in a backfield that didn't have a ton of clarity last year. So, yeah. He's good um, at football, though, by the way. He is very good at football. <laughs> not going not gonna to deny that. All right. Can take one more quick break. We'll come back, talk some uh, wide receivers and tight ends. We're going to do some rookies as well. Uh, that's coming up next on the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Hey guys, it's Ray from the Bobby Bone Show here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Let's go! Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the hills to the trails all over. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander, with three spacious rows of seating, up to eight passengers, yeah. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer, check out amazing national sales event deals on RAV4s, Highlanders, and more. Visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. 
Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Diving into some early underdog ADPs because uh, a lot of you sickos out there are drafting and God bless you for it. Um, Let's talk some wide receivers here. And uh, I I stayed away from Laquan when we talked about Kyron Williams. (laughs) I'm I'm going to, against my best judgment, uh, come right to you for Puka Nakua. He's at wide receiver six. Um, I love the spot. That's exactly where he needs to be at. That's a full send for me just based on I love everything that he's going to be doing for this offense going into his second year with Sean McVay. Even ahead of A.J. Brown and Garrett Wilson. Yes. Well, Garrett Wilson. (laughs) 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 Oh, see, I feel the opposite. I'm stuck there. That that's that's a good one right there, because I've actually seen where I I can swap them. But Puka Nakua, you're going to feel really, really good getting him as your wide receiver one in that first round. I really feel as though you're going to get a guy that's going to see a ton of volume, a ton of production, and he's a scorer. He's a, he'd be utilized anywhere on the field. So it's like you got a guy that McVay is really excited about. Cooper Cup's still there. He's still going to be the number one distraction on that offense. You're not going to let Cooper Cup get open on man-to-man. You're not going to let Cooper Cup fly solo to double Puka. So therefore, you're going to get a ton of ton of volume to Puka Nakua. So if you're looking at 100 and something targets, that's what you're going to get with Puka Nakua and maybe even Cooper Cup. I mean, we saw this happen in Charlotte Bay's offense. I mean, you look at it with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup back then. They both had 100 plus targets and we almost had Brandon Cooks have a 1,000 yards. We almost had three wide receivers have a 1,000 yards. So Obviously, Sean McVay's system with wide receivers is going to work very well for you in fantasy as long as they all stay healthy. Who's the wide receiver one in in Los Angeles? Uh, 1A, 1B. Uh, You got uh, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. So then why isn't Cooper Cup going ahead of Puka Nakua? Because the injury history and the age, it's starting to pile up. He's starting to have a little nasty back end of his career with these nasty injuries. The high ankle sprain is what really destroyed him, you know, and I really feel as though now he comes back healthy he'll probably draw it back. He doesn't, he doesn't need to be the superstar anymore. He doesn't need to put his body on the line. He's going to show up, do his job, and that's more so what his role would be. All right. I'll, I'll uh, take A.J. Brown over him. <laughs> I did take A.J. Brown over him in our mock. I took A.J. Brown at, I believe, seven, I think it was, or eight. I think I'm at eight. Um, and then Bob Harris took Puka, I think, one or two spots right after Going after A.J. Brown and ahead of Garrett Wilson, because I think Garrett Wilson's concerns are his quarterback is 40, coming off of Tony Achilles. <laughs> if, if anything happens to Aaron Rodgers, we know what happens to Garrett Wilson here with the Jets, whereas uh, A.J. Brown and Puka's stats were almost identical, but, but Brown's done this multiple years in a row, and... I love Puka. You guys know that. But my thing with early round picks is I want to take as little risk as possible. And I think A.J. Brown is just a little bit safer right now. So looking at the splits last year, um, when Cooper Cup was there, Puka averaged three fewer targets per game, 30 fewer receiving yards per game, about three fewer catches per game, six fewer fantasy points per game. That's a significant drop off. Over the course of the season, um, this is true. The numbers don't lie. You know, men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. 
Um, I just, that's, that's the part that makes me scared about Like we've seen AJ Brown eat with or without Devonta Smith. Uh, we saw Garrett Wilson have a hell of a year playing with Zach Wilson and Tim Boyle and whomever else there, uh, in New York. Puka was awesome. He was very good with Cooper cup. He was amazing without Cooper cup. Um, I want I want something closer to amazing if I'm making him the wide receiver six. I want it closer to amazing than pretty good. And that's and my worry. I, I think it could get better in Philly because this is Laquan's boy. They brought in Kellen Moore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I that's I think that's gonna be a big talking point this offseason too, about what Kellen Moore is gonna do with this offense, how pass happy it's going to be. Um I think Jalen Hurts is, is you know, right now I think he's QB two, which makes a lot of sense. Um, he's a scorer. Yeah. He's a scorer. And yeah, and exactly. If Jason Kelsey comes back and they have another year, the brotherly shove, um, then I think that that's going to work out well. Um, here's one that really blew me away. Nico Collins is the wide receiver nine. Um, did I did I miss something about Tank Dell Florio? Did he retire and I didn't hear about it? No. Um, and, and the thing is. I don't know if you guys saw this video or not. CJ Stroud last week at Radio Row. I forget, I, I forget what show he was on or whatever, but they asked him to build his ideal offense in the NFL today. He picked as his wide receivers for the outsides, Devontae Adams and uh, Jamar Chase. His slot receiver was Tank Dell. Um, <laughs> and people were like, where's Nico on this list? And look, Nico Collins is awesome. I think Tank Dell is awesome. I, I've said it before. I think both are top 20 wide receivers, uh, pending them not bringing in another wide receiver because they do have some money this this offseason. Um, I'm just probably going to take whichever one is cheapest. And there, there's <laughs> no big analysis into that. But if, if Nico Collins is going wide receiver nine and Tank Dell is going two rounds later, uh, I, I just would rather that value. That's a no brainer. Yeah, that's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. Um, I just I like Nico Collins. Making him a top 10 wide out just feels that's crazy. That's too high. And I'm, I've been a huge fan of Nico for the past couple of seasons, but I, I can't pull the trigger there, man. Even though both of them, like I got something here in the nine games they played together, they both averaged 16 fantasy points per game together. And they legit in those games, two, two more fantasy points than Nico has in to tank Dell. So they both can coexist. So I don't know if I could pull the trigger that high though at, at wide receiver nine for Nico with tank Dell there as well. Producing. Sure. Laquan, me, I, I'm wondering if you, you might not have this in front of you or not. And, and I know they averaged the same, but my memory, at least, it felt like it was always one or the other week to week. Like it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they, they, they can both coexist, but it's one or the other. So I really feel as though the value here is obviously tank. I'm taking tank tank. If he's two, three rounds later. Absolutely. I love Nico, but I can't spend that price. There's just zero chance I can make. I. I I just if you would tell me to, to name you my top 10 receivers for for next season, um, you could give me 50 chances to make the list. I don't know that that Nico Collins makes the list ever. No, I'm I, neither sure. would Tank. Like, it, it, if, no, that's the thing. If tank you would flip either. these two, I'd be saying give me Nico. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that is. Yeah. And it's just it's not it's not about the players themselves. I think they're both good players. I think I think the Texans have a fun offense uh, that I'm looking forward to watching for the next couple of years. But I don't see either one of them being top 10 fantasy receivers right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that gets me to one. So I I started this by looking at where Marvin Harrison Jr. was right. He's currently at wide receiver 11. And I started just kind of scroll down and seeing where some of the other top 
ranked prospects are. So Marvin Harrison is at 11. Malik Neighbors is at 22. Rome Odunze is at 33. Sort of convenient. It's all, you know, double numbers or whatever. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> and, you know, in the mock draft we're doing, I mean, we saw Marvin Harrison go fairly early. Uh, I took uh, Neighbors. I think Odunze went just after, not long after Harrison. I took Odunze in round four or five, I believe. Uh, I'm not looking at it right now, but somewhere around there. Um, I mean, I don't know how much you guys have dived into, you know, prospect video or, or, or evaluations just yet. But when you, you know, Harrison's the guy we've been talking about for a couple of years now. Neighbors and Odunze have really uh, built a name for themselves over the past year or so. But at this point, 11, 22, 33, Laquan, flag planting, wish casting, or are people right on this? Uh, still early. They might be right. I mean, just based on, we don't know where these guys are going. I mean, we could look at mock drafts, you know, projections and stuff like that, but I feel like I feel comfortable with Marvin Harris Jr. wide receiver 11 because we know he's a generational talent. We know wherever he goes, he's the guy. Like there, there's no other question. He's going to be fed. There's no way you draft him for him to be a two or a three or or anything else. He is going to be fed. Now, with Malik Neighbors at 22, I, I like it. I mean, he could be a nice little added piece. He's a big man, a big player. But, you know, Adunze seems like the value here because I feel like he's going to be an all-around weapon where you can utilize him anywhere on the field. So he may go to an offense where, as a solid two, you know, and be able to get some nice things going. Um, how much are you waiting, Florio? Or are, are you drafting rookie wide receivers now, or are you preferring to wait until they actually have a home somewhere? No, I, I would be taking them right now. And and in our mock, I just pulled it. I was the one who took Harrison in round three. Uh, the other two both went in round five. Um, it, it's something I talked about a lot a lot uh, after this season. Is like you look at this year, just this year. Puka Nakua was the wide receiver four. Uh, you had. Jaden Reed was a top 25 wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Jordan Addison was a top 25 wide receiver. Uh, Zay Flowers just missed that. And, and the thing was, last year's wide receiver class was, quote unquote, a bad wide receiver class, <laughs> yeah. whereas this one is generational. We've seen for years now, rookie wide receivers can come on and make an immediate impact. I mean, we've seen some historic rookie years in, in recent years, so... Um, Yes, landing spot is going to determine their ADP a whole bunch, but right now I feel like because of the unknown, you're getting a discount baked in on them already a little bit. It's possible they could fall a little bit further, but it's also very possible they get pulled up the board even higher. So I have no problem. In fact, I actively would be trying to take rookies now because if yeah. they fall to the right spot, they're going to go. And like Marvin Harrison Jr., look, a lot could change in, in two and a half months, but I feel pretty confident today saying he's going to be Kyler Murray's wide receiver one next year. So now, honestly, that, now that, that right there, I think you hit on the key, right? Where does he go? Because the two spots that he's being mocked to, uh, a big canyon in what production could be. Because if he goes to Arizona, I think you absolutely lock him in. And I think that bumps Kyler Murray up the board as well. Yes, sir. He could go to New England. That's the other spot mm. in which in which in which case who's throwing him the football, you know, like <laughs> you need a quarterback first. Who's throw, if 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 MHJ lands in New England, who is throwing him the football? Is it Mac Jones? Is it Bailey Zappi? Is it? I don't know who do they Laquan Jones? Right. I mean, like, <laughs> just sign Jameis Winston at that point and just yeah. 
Please. You know, I mean, do they do they do they try to reunite with Jimmy Garoppolo, bring him back to New England wow. and see if they can run it back that way? Um, Nostalgia. Uh, right. I mean, I think that is going to play a big key in what happens with with Marvin Harrison's draft process. But for now, people are definitely, I think, planting a flag. And I think, um, you know, I Mike Dempsey, who uh, he and, and Bob Harris do a great show on Sirius XM. I, I was talking with him last week and, and I thought Dempsey made a good point in that. Uh, I think a lot of people right now are just sort of planting the flag and just proving that, hey, look, these guys are worth taking and kind of showing that you're going to have to go early if you want any of these top level wide receivers. So um, we'll see how things change between now and, say, July, once we know where these guys land. Um, a couple of tight ends real quick. Trey McBride at tight end three, one spot ahead of Mark Andrews. Uh, I know McBride was very good. Uh, Kyler looked like he was getting back into shape last year. Florio, are you cool with uh, McBride at three? Yeah, uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if Andrews climbs a little bit. Um, But I I keep saying it. To me, there's four tight ends this year that I think are the clear-cut top four in Laporta, Kelsey, McBride, and Andrews. And I think it'll be one of those things where, like, you could look at 10 different sets of rankings and they could each person could have them in a little bit of a different order or something like that. I don't think there's a wrong answer. I, I McBride was awesome on a yards per route Ram basis. He's going to get a little bit more help. Uh, we hope at the wide receiver position and then uh, Kyler being healthy and all that. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's crazy. Uh, I just don't think there's a definitive like you have to have these four tight ends in this order. I think I think one and two are set, right? I think Laporta is going to be one. And right now there's a pretty sizable gap between where Laporta is going and where Kelsey is going. But those are your one, two. I think after that, yeah. it's sort of that'll you know, close now that Kelsey said he's not retiring. I think. Oh, you think so? I, I don't know. Yeah. I think I think a lot of people are still big on Laporta more so than Kelsey. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. He's my tight end one. But I think people will. I think the fear that he might retire might have scared a little people, some people off. A little Maybe. Um, I think after that, though, like, you know, where you go three, four, five, six, um, I think you could probably go any number of orders. Um, you know, yeah. definitely sad that we're not going to see TJ Hawkinson for much of the year after uh, his Ugh. injury came so late in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, curious to see where Tyler he is. Tyler Higby, too, man. Same injury. Tyler, same Higby. <sighs> Tyler Higby, man. Same player. Yeah. Same guy. Crazy. Wait, I'm sorry. What? The same guy that injured TJ Hawkinson injured. Oh, Tyler. I thought you were trying to say that TJ Hawkinson and Tyler Higgins were the same player. And I, <laughs> no. was like, I was like, this might be the last time you're on the show. But different, but same. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Okay, I'm glad we got that cleared up. Okay, cool. Um, but the other tight end name that I think is going to be, like the hype train has already left the station. Uh, get on board. We're going to start shoveling coal into the engine regularly is Brock Bowers. Because this man destroyed college defenses for three seasons, um, mm-hmm. and we're coming off a we're coming off a year where the tight end one was a rookie, where you had other young tight ends. Look, Dalton Kincaid is a good player. He had the misfortune of having to share a role with Dawson Knox, which sort of kept his production down. Um, but we've seen a lot of young tight ends go out and be productive. I still think there's hope for a guy like Michael Mayer in Las Vegas to go out and be productive. Brock Bowers, in terms of being a prospect, is ahead of where all those guys were. 
Um, landing spot's going to be important, but right now he's at tight end seven. I mean, Laquan, does it stay there? Does it get higher as we get toward the, you know, the summer? Oh, it'll get higher once we find out where he's going. And if he's going where I think he's going, if he's going to the Chargers, it's definitely going to rise. I mean, after seven, you, you basically have like guys that you can be okay with, but the dude is talented. I literally just got done watching highlights of him. This dude is going to be. <laughs> amazing for fantasy because man this dude can break tackles contested catches this dude is an overall playmaker he's basically a wide receiver he's like trey mcbride if i if i can make the comp i really feel like those two are guys that are weapons that could just take over the game at any point um so here's the thing about him going to the chargers uh yes he easily surpasses gerald everett right he makes gerald everett expendable uh they can move on without him I worry, will the targets be there with Greg Roman and Jim Harbaugh running the show offensively? Like, maybe they won't be as run heavy as they have been in the past, but that is that is their M.O. When they are together, they tend to run the football a lot. I mean, it's the reason that when they hired Greg Roman, we all sort of poured one out for Justin Herbert. Um, and how much is that going to impact say brock bowers if he shows up there in los angeles that is the only thing i am worried about but in terms of just prospects yeah brock bowers is going to be a guy that i'm going to try to draft it's going to be different last year you were able unless you were in a league with super sharps or people who super study college players you could draft sam laporta really late right like and i like sam laporta i drafted him late in a lot of drafts and it turned out that he was the best tight end on my roster you're not going to be able to do that with brock bowers you can't get brock bowers in round 15 it's not going to happen no (laughs) absolutely not i mean where right now right right now where do you think brock bowers is going florio what nine ten Round? Maybe earlier? Yeah. Yeah, I, I could definitely see something like that, like 8 through 10 range. Um, yeah, I was going to say 8 through 10. I, I don't think it's crazy. Not only like the Laporta thing last year, but in five of the best 12 rookie fantasy tight end seasons in terms of fantasy total fantasy points have come in the last six years. Like is it the whole rookie tight ends can't produce. It, it's not true anymore. You just need to know the tight like. Yeah, if you're a blocking tight end, you're not going to produce year one. But if you're a almost a wide receiver type tight end like Brock Bowers is, uh, I think that the sky's the limit. The only thing that maybe hurt his stock, and I'm sure you guys have seen it, is this picture of him going around <laughs> social media where he looks like he's an accountant so and he not a like football a, player. Like a like a. Uh, a coder like he's he should, be, he should be sitting in front of a computer with like a giant thing of like you know code red mountain dew or something like that like that dude, can you help me with my computer yeah, exactly like you know like he's the dude at geek squad you hand your laptop laptop to or whatever and the yeah um although to be fair i mean tom brady in that infamous combine photo didn't look anything like the greatest quarterback of all time okay so. cooper cup he also uh, didn't look anything Cooper, like Tom Brady looks like well, now. True, true. Cooper Cup <laughs> looks like Cooper Cup currently looks like a craft brewer, right? Like, like, like he's gonna you're gonna come to his house and he's going to try and offer you like some mead that he's making in his like shed out back. I said that's he was what like Cooper Cup looks like bagging groceries at Wegmans. <laughs> Cooper Cup definitely too. has friends who don't know what he does for a living, and then they're like, "Wait, you work every Sunday?" Like, right, like he, he just doesn't look the part. 
No. Yeah, it's totally like, yeah, we call Cooper, but he never shows up on Sundays. I don't know what he's doing. Who knows? <laughs> right. hundred percent. He can't come to our book club on Sundays. Right. Like he's, I don't know. He says he's busy. I have no idea what he's doing. I think he's making it up. He's just trying to avoid us. Who knows? Um, all right. Anyway, uh, we have been going for a while, mostly because we ranted for a lot of things about the beginning of the show. Uh, anyway, uh, that'll do it for this one. Uh, I'm sure we'll check some other ADPs. Uh, we are, by the way, uh, you may be noticing that we're coming out on Wednesday and not uh, Tuesday and or Thursday. Um, now that it's slowed down, we're down to once a week. So we'll be here for you on Wednesdays and uh, we will find a lot of interesting things to talk about. We'll try to get some guests on uh, all that sort of stuff, too, as uh, we kind of wrap up the end of this football season and get through free agency and draft and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, stick around, hang out with us, uh, just, you know, subscribe and it will show up in your feed every single week whenever we do a show. So in, in the meantime, that'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Stay happy, safe and healthy. Do good and live well. Enjoy the week, everybody. And we'll talk to you again next week. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love. Online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details.